0: Since. So it's been a whirlwind tour these last 19 years together. Um, all right. You're not seeing my slides. Am I supposed to hit the button? I am supposed to hit the button. Look at that. It works. Cool. So before we get into discipleship, I thought I would tell you a little bit about Crossroads. It's the class that I teach. And many of the people that you know that volunteer here in the college ministry are actually part of Crossroads. So Noah and Courtney are part of Crossroads. Paul and Summer Loftquist were. Uh, members of Crossroads for a long time actually was on a video call with Paul this week and caught up with him and he wanted me to tell everybody hello so he was he was excited that we would be here and then uh, Caleb and Colby Fleming are also part of the class as well and so we have a long history of working together with the college group uh, as a class even though you may not have even realized it over these years but our class is a little different we we function a little differently here in the church and so a, a few points about us we are intentionally for everyone. We're intentionally diverse. And what I mean by that is that in the class, we have all age groups represented. So we have people that are fresh out of college. They graduate you know, from the college ministry, graduate from college, and they come and join us in Crossroads. We have singles, we have married people, we have divorced people, we have widows. Uh, we have people with kids, people without kids. We have people that have adult kids that have kind of grown up and moved out. In the class, we have, actually have six sets of of parents and their adult married kids that are part of our class. So that just shows you kind of the, the range of diversity that we have, and, and we love that. We do this intentionally because it matters for discipleship, right? You should be meeting together with people who are at a different age and a different phase of life than you are. You should have other, other people involved in your life. And we'll talk about rubbing shoulders with other people that are, that are at a different stage of life than you are. And we try to do that in Crossroads. We try to, to to set that up as a model for what we do in the class. And so we're intentionally diverse. The other thing that we do is that we everything that we do really finds its way back to promoting community in some way. So the class really the DNA of the class is about relationship, right? We we want you to be in community with other believers. In our class, about two thirds of the people there are committed to being in small groups. We have seven small groups that, that make up the core of the class. And so within those groups, people commit to being in the groups and they get together usually twice a month outside of class and, and many other times throughout the month. And they just do life together. They do meals together. They go on double dates together. They watch each other's kids. They, just, they do things together frequently in order to build relationship. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about community here in a few minutes So I won't spend much time on it here, but one of our core beliefs in the class, and we say this a lot, is that you're not meant to walk the road of discipleship alone. The Bible doesn't call you to do the Christian life by yourself. You're never meant to do this by by yourself. The last thing that we focus on in in Crossroads is that we want to do everything we can to support our global staff here in the church. That's very important to the class. Um, When I I graduated from Cedarville, I graduated with a, a world missions degree. Uh, and so that's, that's near and dear to our heart, and, and uh, our family is composed of, you know, a very international mix of people, and so uh, we love global staff. We love everything international, and so as part of Crossroads, we try to do everything we can to promote that and support them. Um, many people in the class have been on trips and gone overseas and visited people. Uh, Caleb and Colby are going out this week, going to go visit Paul and Summer, so we have a, a heart for our global staff, and so... Those are, those are three things that kind of make up the DNA of the class. It's what we're all about. And I wanted to introduce the class to you because, like Noah was saying, at some point you're going to graduate from college and you're going to move on from here. And I, what I wanted to do this morning, and, and really just with the presence of part of Crossroads being here in the room with us, is just to show you that. You're part of the church. I think it's easy when you're here and you're kind of in this room and you're not part of, you know, mingling with everybody else. But you have a place here like you're part of the family of God. And there are a lot of people in the church that, that care about you. They care about your future. They care about your spiritual growth and development. And so all of the people from Crossroads that are here. Are here just by their presence to communicate that to you that we want you as part of the church We want you with us and and someday when you're finished with the college ministry We would love to have you come and join us in crossroads come and and check it out and see it And I think when you walk in the room and you see the way that the people interact with one another You see the way that they they love one another. I, I can't kick them out of the room. They, they hang around and talk for forever um, the, the church often they'll put us in a new classroom and then they'll schedule another class immediately right behind us. And I keep telling them that doesn't work because my people won't leave. You, you can't get them out because they just enjoy being together and talking to each other. And so it's a, it's a funny thing. But I think the minute you walk into that room, you'll, you'll feel the difference of what it is to be in community and have a relationship with other believers. Because it, it's, just, it's palpable when you walk in the room there. All right. So let's get to what we're actually supposed to be doing here. For this morning and for the next two weeks, uh, Noah asked me to come and talk about discipleship. And so to start out, I want to get back to the basics and talk about what discipleship is, who is a disciple, and what does that mean? What does it actually mean when we use that word? We, you know, in in the church and in the Christian life, we usually talk about words and we don't really define things really clearly. So this morning, what I want to do is really get down and define what does it mean to be a disciple? What is discipleship? And the next week, we're going to look at, uh, as a disciple, what are some things that I should know? What do I need to know in order to grow and to grow into maturity as a Christian? What are things that I should, I should focus on, things that I should just know about? And then the last week, we're going to look at how to evaluate growth in your life. A lot of you may be looking at the exams here at the end of the semester, right? You take a test to show what you've learned over the course of the semester, So how can you tell if you're growing as a Christian? If you were gonna give yourself an exam, what questions would be on that exam? What would you ask yourself? And so we'll look at that on that third week. So that's the plan, Discipleship 101, 201, and 301. We don't give any degrees or certificates at the end of it, so this is all gratis, and uh, we hope you come anyway. All right, here we go. Who is a disciple? So to start out with, let's, let's talk about who is a disciple. When I teach, I like to define the term so that we're all on the same page. And maybe you're in a class at school where they give you a vocabulary list at the beginning of the class. And they say, when I use this word, this is what I mean. This is, this is the definition so that when I use that word, you know what I'm talking about. And that's what I want to do here. What is discipleship? So here's my definition of a disciple. A disciple is, this is a really technical definition, so you want to get this. A disciple is a normal Christian who follows Christ right that's going to be a tough one to remember, so when we do have that exam at the end, remember you know, to write that down. but a disciple is a normal Christian who follows Christ that's what a disciple is. I think there's a misunderstanding that discipleship is somehow only for the really serious Christian right It's for those guys who are really smart like Noah who go to seminary. you know they, they spend their time studying the Bible or, or they, they get in they They preach or, you know, that's that's what they do for their job is they study the Bible, right? They go to work for the church But I think it's a wrong understanding of what a disciple is a disciple is just a normal Christian who follows Jesus So discipleship is for all Christians. There's no distinction in the Bible between a Christian and a disciple They're the same thing if you're here today and you've been called into the family of God and you've surrendered your life to the authority of Christ and your desire is to live for him. Then you are, in fact, a disciple. That's your identity. That's who you are. You're a disciple of Christ. You may not be a very good disciple. Right. You, you may struggle at times. But at the end of the day, you are a disciple. That's what it means to be a Christian. As disciples. As disciples. Christ is our leader. We, we follow Christ, right? So we're disciples of something, right? Maybe disciples of, you know, a particular teacher at school. You may be, you know, a disciple of a particular band. We call them groupies, right? They just follow this band around and they study everything they can about that band, right? But you're a disciple of something. And as a Christian, you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. Being a disciple means that we learn from Christ, we fellowship with him, we do what he commands, and we, we work to become like him. It's impossible to be a disciple of someone and not wind up like them in the process, right? It's an undeniable truth that you become like the people that you hang around. And the people that you spend time with, you become like them. Your parents may have told you when you were younger to pick good friends. Or at some point, they may have told you, we don't like those people that you're hanging around with because they're not a good influence on you, right? Some of you may have been the people that other people's parents said, don't hang around with that guy because you're a bad influence, right? You know, I know some people in Crossroads, that was their identity. They were the bad influence. So the truth of it is you become like the people that you hang around. And that's why, you know, your parents, as overbearing as it may seem, told you, don't hang around with bad people because you're going to become like those bad people. When you're a disciple, you wind up becoming like the people that you spend time with. You take on their mannerisms. You take on their way of speaking. You take on their way of thinking. You may have found like in your group of friends, you all kind of use the same phrases. You say the same things. You, you react in the same ways. That's because you spend your time together and you start to, to dress like them and act like them and say things the same way. I don't know if you noticed, but everybody on the stage this morning was wearing a flannel shirt. Clearly, they've been hanging out together, right? It's just natural. It's what we do. If you're a disciple of someone and you spend time with that person, inevitably, you wind up becoming like them. When you're a disciple of Jesus, you become more and more like Jesus over time because you spend time with him. And so a disciple is just a normal Christian who follows Christ. That's, That's what it is to be a disciple So then the next question, what is discipleship? What is discipleship? So what does it mean to to be a person who follows another person? And I like to define discipleship in a couple of ways. So first, a discipleship is one Christian teaching another Christian how to think, feel, and act like a Christian. Right? Discipleship is one Christian showing another Christian how to think, feel, and act like a Christian. So my wife and I have adopted children. We have 11 kids in total. Seven of them were adopted and four of them were biological. None of my kids had to go through an audition process to become Swingles. We didn't take auditions. Most of them probably wouldn't have made it. I'm just saying. No, we love them. But we didn't, we didn't hold auditions for them to become Swingles. Our... our there were no tryouts to see who would get in. Our adopted kids didn't come into the family as babies. They were all older when they became Swingles. But the same thing happened every time. Right? What happened was that our other kids showed them over time what it means to be a Swingle. Over time, they learned how to do things in our house. They learned our expectations for how they act. Right? When we go out in public, we act this way. When we go to church, we, we dress a certain way. When we go to school, we have expectations for how you behave. And so as they became Swingles, our other kids and, and my wife and I went through a process of showing them what it means to be a Swingle, teaching them how to act like someone in our family. At times, we have to remind them that if, you know, if they're in the faith, that they represent the name of Christ— But we also remind our kids that when they leave our house, they're representing the name Swingle. You're representing our family. And so we have expectations for how you conduct yourself when you're away from us. They represent us as Swingles. The same thing happens in discipleship. We are brought into this relationship with God. Not because we nailed the audition. And not even because any of us even tried out for the part. You're you're saved by grace through faith, and that has nothing to do with you. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, right? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. You're brought into this relationship with God. You're adopted into his family because he is gracious and merciful and kind. And then once you're in, you need to be taught, what does it look like to be a child of the king? You don't come into the family of God knowing what it means to be a Christian. Someone has to teach you that. Just like someone had to, we had to show my children what it means to be part of our family. Discipleship is the process of taking a Christian and showing them what it means to think, feel, and act like a Christian. That's what discipleship is. It's one Christian showing another Christian how to be a Christian, how to live in a Christian way. The other way to think about discipleship is that discipleship is the marriage of Theology and community. So let's take that apart for a second so we have a better understanding. So first, theology. Theology is the study of God. Theology is the study of God. And it's easy to think that, you know, someday you're going to be done with school. Right? Someday I'm going to finish my education. You start out in elementary school, then you go to middle school, and you go to high school, and then you, know, you go to some type of vocational training, some technical training, or, or you go to college and you spend four years in college, and then maybe you go on to a, uh, an advanced degree. But at some point, you stop being educated, and it's time to go out and actually do the stuff that you've been learning, right? That's the expectation. At least, all right, so college students pay attention. That is the expectation of your parents is that someday you'll stop being in college and you're going to go get a job and do something on your own. So I'm here, I'm pulling the curtain back. That is their expectation. That's what they want from you. If no one's told you that before, you know, it was worth you showing up this morning just to hear that. <laughs> the expectation is that at some point you're, you're done with college, you're done with education, and you go out and you're actually going to do the stuff that you've been learning. Right? But it's different in the Christian life. The Christian life isn't like that. You and I as, as Christians, if you're here and you're in the family of God, our role is to be lifelong students of God. You you never graduate from this education program. You never complete your education as as part of theology. Right? Your role as Christian is student. You are a student of God every day for the rest of your life until you see him face to face in eternity. Right? And then the truth of the matter is. That even on into eternity, Ephesians 2 tells us that God is going to continue educating us on throughout eternity to come. And so really, you're, you're a student of God all the way through until you meet him, and then you continue learning about him all the way through eternity. Ephesians 2 talks about how when we see God, he's going to continue for ages to come showing us what he's done for us in grace in Jesus Christ. Like for ages to come, you're going to be a student. And for some of you, that may be discouraging because you don't like school, but this is going to be fantastic. So you're going to be a student of God. We're we are called as Christians to be students of God. That is our role. And so that's what we mean when we talk about theology. And so we, we get to know God in many different ways. We have a relationship with him through prayer. We read about him in the Bible. We we can know things about him through nature and studying how the world works. We can also learn about him from seeing how he's working in other people, right? We're students of God. We're called to pay attention and focus and learn who God is, what he's like, what he doesn't like, right? You should, you should know God the same way you would get to know another person, a girlfriend, a wife, a spouse. You should know them the same way. What do they like? What do they not like? When, when I do this, they don't like that, Right get to know God in in those terms. It's a relationship. So that's theology. And that's where community comes in, is is you're not meant to walk the path of discipleship alone, right? You, You glorify God more when you live out your faith alongside other people, right? You were made for a purpose, the purpose that you were created for was to know God and enjoy him fully, right? You were made to glorify God. That is your purpose. And, and what we champion in Crossroads and what the people in the class kind of buy into because they keep coming back every week is, is that you're not meant to do that alone. You're not meant to be a disciple on your own. You, you glorify God more effectively when you do that together with other people. And together you learn more about God. Sometimes we can start to believe that we're on our own and that everything depends on us, right? It's easy to to feel like it's just me out here. You know, I'm isolated. And what I want to tell you is that the the enemy of your soul, the devil, wants you isolated. He wants to convince you that it is just you, that there aren't people around you that care. It's, It's an easy lie to believe because I think we get in our own heads and we tell ourselves, yeah, it's... It really just depends on me. I've got to do it. If I don't do it, you know, it's not going to get done. No one else really cares. We can convince ourselves of these lies. And I think it's the enemy that's whispering in your ear. Telling you that you're on your own. Because when you're isolated, you're vulnerable. right? When you're by yourself, you're easy to attack. And so he wants you isolated. He wants you convinced that, that there aren't other people. That, that want to see you grow in your faith. The way that you should. But the truth is. When you're saved, you're brought into the family of God. You, you have new brothers and sisters in Christ. God places you into community with other believers. He brings people in and out of your life that will help you grow in your faith and will help you to become more like Christ over time. Right? When we talk about sanctification, that's what it is. You become more like Christ over time. Discipleship by nature, involves other people. It's about relationship. And so discipleship, then, is the marriage of these two things together. You take your passion for knowing God coupled with your community relationships, and then when you bring those two things together, that's discipleship. That's where discipleship happens. Sadly, I think the church... And really the culture and society, right? talking to the, the college students here, we have exceptionally low expectations for you. Like, We really don't expect a lot out of you. We, we expect you to show up here. We, we expect you to behave yourselves, don't run in the halls, do stuff like that. We kind of lure you here with entertainment and games and things, probably feed you every once in a while. But really, you know, if we're honest as adults and we're talking to you as college students or even high school students, we have exceptionally low expectations from you. We really don't expect a lot from you. And I'm not talking about this church in particular. When I say church, I'm talking about the big church out there in the world. But I think that's really sad. And I think you should feel sad about that. Because you're you're called to so much more. If you're here and you're in the family of God, the spirit of God lives in you, right? And and it's easy to say those things and think about it, you know, in churchy things. But it actually means a lot. The Bible says that the spirit of God lives in you. When the Bible talks about the spirit of God, that's that's the power that raised Christ from the dead. That, That lives in you. And so for someone to look at you and have low expectations of you when that kind of power has been given to you, that's a travesty. You're called to know God. You're called to do discipleship with other people. You're called to know God in really deep and meaningful ways that will set the trajectory of the rest of your life. Don't ever let anyone look across the table at you with low expectations because the power of God lives in you. The spirit of God is in you if you're in the faith. And because of that, you're called to some really exceptional things. And part of what you're called to is to be a student of God and to know him. And you're called to know him together with other people. And what I hope you see when you turn around and you look at all of these adults that magically showed up here this morning from Crossroads is that there's a whole lot of people here at this church that that actually care and are invested in seeing you grow and develop and grow into maturity in Christ. We we don't look at you with low expectations. We look at you as brothers and sisters. And, And we have exceptionally high expectations of you because we know the God that lives in you. God does not have low expectations of you. when we think about discipleship as the marriage of theology and community, if you're weak in one area or the other, discipleship suffers, right? If you're weak in theology or you're weak in community, discipleship suffers. And I'm afraid that's where many of us kind of exist. That's where we live. Either we're really good students of God and we read the Bible and we we know the Bible, we know his word, but then we're weak on sharing that knowledge with other people. Right. We, we get together with other believers and we talk about social things. We talk about games or we talk about school or we talk about life, but we never steer that conversation to spiritual things. We know the Bible. You, you have a great knowledge. I, I fully believe that Noah and every person that stands here in front of you opens the Bible and teaches you the Bible. You know the word. We just don't do a great job of discipling one another and steering those conversations towards spiritual things. Or, maybe you're great at relationships, but there's no depth of knowledge of God that finds its way into those encounters. Right? So you, you have great relationships, you, you hang out with other believers, but there, there's nothing in those relationships that finds its way back to discipleship. Discipleship needs both a strong, mature knowledge of God And a healthy spiritual relationship with other believers. That's the the marriage of those two things is where discipleship happens. So, what I want to leave you with is that if you're in the family of God, you are a disciple. You may not be a very good one, but you can change, you can grow. God, God calls you to take your spiritual life seriously. You're called to grow and change. God has given you the resources you need to know him and to enjoy him together with other believers. And so as we as we look to the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk more about discipleship. But I think for the rest of this morning, oh, that's a map of the building. I didn't want to do that. Hang on. How did that get in there? There we go. Wow. Oh, that's okay. Uh, I got you. I'm new here. Somebody snuck that in my slides. So we have some some questions to help get you started. I think Noah's going to come up and and talk about it. So Crossroads people, we fully expect you to stay here and engage in these groups, so kind of disperse yourself out. Uh, I think Noah's going to give us instructions. He's back there frantically looking at something in the sound booth, leaving me up here to talk to you meaninglessly about things. He said he was going to come up here. He's not coming. (laughs) I feel like I should pray. Maybe we should pray, and then Noah will show up. All right, let me pray for you, and then we're going to go to these groups. (laughs) God, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for this group of students and adults. God, we pray that out of... Uh, this Sunday and the next few Sundays that we have together that beautiful relationships would would come out of it. There's there's people here that have a desire to do discipleship and to invest in one another. I pray that you would help those connections be made. Help us as we break out into groups and, and discuss these things. I pray that it would be profitable, that you would do something wonderful here because you love to do wonderful things for your people. You are a good and gracious God. We ask that you would do that here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.